Hi, this is Runa and you're listening to the Chainsmakers podcast, where we share tips, insight, tools and stories from other Chainsmakers designed to motivate you to become the change you want to see in your world. Make sure you join our Chainsmakers community at runamagnus.com forward slash podcast. And now, this is your time to sit back, relax and enjoy. Hey Todd, thank you so much for being a guest at the Changemakers podcast. I am super excited to have you here with us. Well, thank you and good morning or good afternoon to you. Good morning from Phoenix, Arizona, where it's a little warmer than there, but uh, yeah, up bright and early, excited to have this conversation with you. I love what you're doing. I love the No More Boxes movement and I've been following and listening to your podcast and uh, I'm delighted to be here. Oh God, thank you, thank you. One of the things when I was doing my research on what Todd is all about, there were a couple of things that really came in strong for me. It was the concept about hide and seek Mm. and that there is no truth in fear. Can you share with us what do you mean by that? Well, I've lived... uh nearly 50 years playing a complex and exhausting game of hide and seek with my sexuality. And um, you talk about boxes. Uh, I looked for any box I could jump into anything that would define me as something other than what I was not. And um, I lived with a fear of rejection and a fear of being less than a fear of perceptions, you name it, any, anything you could think of, I was afraid of because I had a secret. And as I grew and as I learned, uh, I realized there was a truth in that fear. Mm. my father and parents didn't reject me. My lovers didn't reject me. My friends didn't. My jobs didn't. I rejected me in this constant battle of, of self-worth. And, uh, and that, that's it. I realized that there was no truth in it because I think ultimately fear is the box. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, it, and what I've figured in, in, in my studies and my research and in my life is that fear is usually something that we are either unwilling or incapable of doing. And so we put, we just put the label fear on it and then people can relate to it and commiserate and collaborate and, and agree with me that I can feel safe in my fear. There's mm. no truth in it. Yeah. So they, and almost holding you there, keeping you there because then it's okay for me to be fear, having my fear for fear as well. And we're not really going to change it. Just let's both be in fear. It's like, sometimes yeah. it feels like it's like a, unwritten rule <laughs> yes i like, want you to be there because then i don't feel as bad or i'm not as bad as you or whatever that that is that that pops up well, well let's face it when we hide and we're afraid of something we find yeah. other people to associate with we we want we want other like we like not necessarily like-minded people but people in the same situation so i can acknowledge my peer and, I can, and in that and in that sense i'm validated Not for actually making a change, not for actually having the courage to do something or to change something, right? But to actually just to be be facing my fear and talking about my fear and really I'm just feeding my fear. Yeah. So really that means that you are attracting people in in that are then same frequency as you. You're Mm -hmm. attracting them and they're like feeding on this and that becomes their world. That becomes the window that they're constantly looking out from and seeing what they exactly. want to see from that. Yeah. yeah. I use the metaphor. Well, the book hide and seek. I actually have a copy of this in my book. 
Ooh, yeah. The book Hide and Seek, um, there's no truth and fear. It's, it, it's really a metaphor, right? It's, it's hiding. It's hiding whatever it is you're afraid of. And when we hide, we hide in dark places often. And then we're seeking answers. And we, we seek people and answers in those dark places. And what do we find? So on the idea of like-minded people, if I'm homosexual and I'm hiding in places yeah. where, where I'm not seen, then I'm, I'm around other people hiding. And so now I'm around these people that are hiding too. They, they might not be completely authentic. They might be just as afraid as I am. They don't really have the solutions, but yet <clears throat> there's strength in those numbers. It's kind of like when you play hide and seek and all the girls hide behind her, that one tree. There's three yeah. or four of them there. You, you yeah. know they can be seen, but they think yeah. they're safe because there's numbers there, right? That's the fun yeah. thing about it. You're yeah. really not safe and you're really not finding solutions because you're in the same situation. You've found people to collaborate with, people to commiserate with, and people to help you hide. You're in the same box. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what we talk about with boxes, you know, that you, boxes can make us feel that we are safe. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. And, 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 but that's an, an illusion as well. It is. Yeah, so that, that awareness that you also talk a lot about, being aware that, ho, 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 I just, I think because I'm this girl with the other four girls behind this tree, I'm not seen. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I, I think I am safe, yeah. but it's all, all an illusion. I personally think, I just so applaud for the, the whole LGBTQ community for, for being so courageous to show us this color of rainbow of, of humanity. I think it's just, just speaking of boxes, it's just such a, such a liberation that, that follows it. I, I, I've said for years over here in Iceland, every time we have this beautiful gay pride, and I, I've said, well, here, listen, this is the one day in the year that we can all be ourselves. How cool is that? And people don't quite get that. <laughs> No, they don't. They, they see it as a, as, a, as a something else or another yeah. box. And really what it is, if you talk about diversity, I mean, there's every color, every ethnicity, every sex, every age, right? And, yeah. and, and here we are identifying as something other than uh, heterosexual, right? It's, yeah. it's all the others, but, yeah. but yet you can come and celebrate too. We, we really don't care. I think it was interesting. I went to a, a bar went about 20 years ago. My, my brother came down. I had just recently come out. He went to this bar with me and men were talking to him and then they were dancing and everything else. And he danced with them and everything else. And he came to me and he said, they were, they were so nice to me. They were so nice to me. And I said, well, why wouldn't we be? Why would yeah. we invite you in and treat you the way we don't want to be treated? We know what it's like, you know? So it's really just about, it's particularly pride you know, celebrating our resiliency and, and talk about diversity, talk about, talk about flavor and color and creativity and, and, and everything you can imagine. I mean, you talk about, a, if you're looking for a workforce, there's your silent weapon yeah. right there. I mean, bringing yeah. all that and that resiliency and that pride. Yeah. yeah. And, and that brings me back to this thing called normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a dirty word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have no idea what that is, <laughs> to yeah. be honest. But often that's the, the thing that I often hear people say, well, I'm afraid of doing things different from the norm. Yeah. And well, yeah. Look at, the, look at us right now. There's, there's really, there is a new normal. There's a new normal every day if we choose to step outside of that box with our mind. Yeah. I mean, it, it is 
it is a choice to stay in a box, to think in a box or think outside the box. There's a perfect metaphor right there. And it it does take courage. You know, that fear can be overwhelming. And one of the things that, that, that I talk about for me to find my way out is I had a, my second marriage fail this time to a man and I was 50 years old. And all of a sudden I ran out of places to hide people to blame. And I just sitting, I exactly, I just, I was like, I don't, I have nowhere else to go. And I sat on this floor uh, and I, and I thought, when does this stop? And I had been to the top of every industry I did. I was in the military. I ran ran an international manufacturing company. I, I ran a, an insurance team for a for an insurance powerhouse in the country, and and then I've been on stages with L'Oreal doing hair for years. So I've I've done all those things. But every time I got to the top, I thought I wasn't worthy. And one way or another, one way or another, I sabotaged it. And there, look, there may be no truth in fear, but there are things out there that can hurt you. There are things out there that that we can be frightful of, right? And that we should be aware of. But for those things that that, that, that fight or flight can't take care of, we do have our mind and we do have choice. Yeah. And I think in many ways, we, we, make, we make choices one or two ways, either out of faith or out of fear. Yeah. And they're both the same thing. They're both a belief in something that has not happened yet. They're both a belief in something that you do not have a fact or proof in. And so whether you're positive or you're negative, whether you're looking to the good or to the, or to the bad, whether you want to proceed or you want to go back, contract, expand, faith or fear, that's it. So that's the first thing. And, and when it, the, the next book I've been working on is called Find. So you have hide and seek and you have find. And as I was going through this process of writing this book in a year, I had to decide every time I would get this physiological response of where's this coming from? And I did have some things uh, in my life that happened. I had a stepfather that, that uh, did, had designs on me and I had other experiences throughout my life. And then I write about specifically in the book, there's no victim in this book because there's no point in it. It really is lessons, life lessons, and how you can succeed and find your way, right? Actually navigate your life uh, and be happy and healthy and whole and not hide. Yeah. Yeah. That, that does sound like when you say navigate, it sounds like really you are um, getting to know who you really are. Mm-hmm. And that, that takes a little bit it's like a pause it's like instead of just doing running my own self same program again and again and again it's like pausing and isn't mm-hmm. that what we're doing at the moment isn't this exactly perfect time to pause the universe is reminding us that we're missing everything because mm-hmm. we're focusing on the things that probably do not matter and, and look look at what's happening look at how we're taking time look how we're being forced to to go inward yeah. Right. And uh, maybe just maybe contract our environment, but expand ourselves spiritually and emotionally yeah. and connect yeah. with one another in a way that we're supposed to. This is just all about love, by the way. The whole thing is love. And that's where we're supposed to be, our whole purpose here. And, and so when you, you talk about the find, the find method, it's faith and fear, how we choose. And then integrity. Because if you're not integral, if you're not dealing with the truth, you will never get to where you need to be. Then the third piece is in navigation. And I talk about that a lot because I used to say, I'm just finding my way in life. Well, that's Mm. just like I'm bumping into stuff and I'm making a choice and whatever. No, navigation is with intention. It's, 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 it's right. It's choice. Right. And then there's, there's choice. And then you make another choice. You own it. Responsibility, accountability. And that was a big thing I learned in the military. Accountability, responsibility. 
And so that was a navigation. Then once you go through that, once you've plotted your course, then D is to do. It's the doing in life. It's not what we can do in life that matters, Runa. It's what we what we will do. And 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 in the doing, you well, in your truth, you'll find the power to manifest and do anything that you imagine. You mm-hmm. we are all connected. We have that in us. But fear is the ultimate box. Fear robs us yeah. of those opportunities, robs us of those choices to make our life and to make the lives of the people that we love more amazing. I love that. I love that. What, what do you, when it comes to fear, and because we just talked about it, it's all an illusion anyway, but it, that illusion can really feel scary. It's like, it's like mm. that, what we talk about with the boxes, the, the boxes that we are in might really feel they're there. They might feel they're real. Yeah. But they're actually, oh. they're just an, our own creation yes and and i had experiences in my life and and people have experienced a life that you have physiological responses to fear i was abused mm-hmm. sexually uh there were other things that happened in my life as a child that set these conditions for 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 who i became for the choices i made and i, I own every one of them but going back and looking at hide and seek and writing this book i was able to take a look at my life and go wow that impacted the choice that i made and I can forgive myself for that choice. And I can acknowledge that that's where that came from. And then I can make the next best choice. But I would have this physiological response because there was a part of my life that I detached from. It happened. My brother remembered it. I did not. It's a really significant part in hide and seek in the book. And um, it was one of those moments where it's like I had this connection with the physiological response found its way home. And when we had this, my brother and I had this conversation, I was like, oh, my God, this is real. This is where this comes from. This is where I'm hot tempered. This is why I get anxious. This is why I snap. This is why I hide. This is why I withdraw because of that experience. And I was able to look back on all the times that I beat myself up for making these choices and being this person and, and thinking that I was maybe not so nice. I was protecting myself. Yeah. And so in those things, yeah, fear, there are monsters out there. There are things that can hurt you. And for those things, I'm treated for PTSD. I thank God for the military. I have the Veteran Administration. It's an incredible organization that helps me. Um, I've been to EMDR. There's a lot of different things we can do. And, and you know, mental illness is real. And those challenges are real. Yeah. And if we can be honest with ourselves and have that integrity, we can say, I, I need this help. I, I yeah. see this. Doing yeah. this reflection and saying, um, I'm incapable of doing this and why? But if you're living in fear and you're huddling with people of like-minded people, well, maybe, maybe you're addicted to something and you hang around the addicted people. There's a collective, we're okay. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a false sense of security. It's that hiding behind the tree. Those three people, oh, we're safe, we're safe. Are we safe? Yeah, we're safe. We're good, we're good. And we're not. Right. So that moment when we decide to take accountability and responsibility for life, to navigate our life. Yeah. And hopefully we have some help. There's people out there that, that we love. You know, I think no, that's, no. A, that's a really good point to the often that courage that we need is maybe not that much of a courage. The courage might just be to um, pick up phone, call a helpline or even go online and chat in the helpline. <laughs> that if that makes you feel better when you do, when you are in that fear state, but just that one step of moving from the fear into what can be actually a helping thing for you is such a crucial one, isn't it? 
Very important. And, and I, in the back of the book, there's a bunch of resources. I actually yeah. wrote them in the book and in, in on the, um, the ebook version, you can click the link. And then I have the site, the, the links on my website because yeah. one of the things we do when we're young and we're afraid is we start to isolate ourselves. That's one way we hide is we isolate. And, um, we start to tell stories and then when those don't stories don't work, we just start to lie because I want to keep people away. I want the distance away so that I can, I can make my choices or I can rest a little bit. I might make a mistake with, with my tone of voice or my hand gesture or, or if, if we're an addict, I might, I might drink or whatever. You have these things. So you keep this space, but you isolate yourself from all those loving sources, the, the people that potentially could be the most value to you. You are afraid of because of the things you heard as a child, words, words matter. And that's a big theme in the, in the book too. But when you hear the words like faggot or, or lesbian or you name it, right? All, you, yeah. you know, there's a whole list yeah. of them. Okay. And you, you're thinking to yourself, at, I mean, at some age, you're like, I don't know what that is, but I don't want to be it. Yeah. I could just feel the stigma around it. Yeah. It's just yeah. the whole thing. And so you're just like, oh. I'm not going to be that. Mm. And, and, and there, there it begins. There's your height. Begins. Yeah. Exactly. You know? So yes, those loving sources and people, and I encourage people in the book all the time, just ask the question. I mean, to me, if at 11 years old or 13 years old or 16 years old or even 25 year old, whatever, someone said, are you gay? Mm-hmm. Some, one of my family members would ask that question. Yeah. That almost would have been like, I love you. Cause they just wanted someone to breach that barrier. Yeah. Just, just, I can't, I'm too afraid. Just breach it for me. Just have enough wherewithal to say, Hey, are you gay? I don't know if that's all it would have taken. I think my purpose is much is, is, is uh, has a higher design to it. I think yeah. everything that happened in my life, the beautiful and magical and crazy path that I have to get me right here to write this book, I think had to happen so that I can connect with so many people. Yeah. yeah. I was, it's funny. I was in a restaurant the other day and I was talking to a, one of my clients and he wants to run for office. Actually it wasn't the other day. It's been, it's been a while. <laughs> almost, been almost like three months. It seemed like, okay. yesterday. It seemed like yesterday we've been in the house for whatever. Uh, exactly. Wow. That's a COVID thing. And we were talking and there was a gentleman next to us and, and my, my friend is more feminine. His, his voice is more feminine. And we were talking about some coaching things for, for whatever, but I kept wanting to talk about authenticity. And the, the guy knew he was gay and he was starting to get a little, little anxious. And I could tell I was sitting between them. And the more he talked, the more questions I asked, the more uncomfortable he got. Then finally, I said to my friend, I said, well, you know, when I came out, blah, blah, blah. And then that was it. He kind of hit his hand down. I thought, really, in 2020, we're slapping our hands on a counter about someone's sexuality. And then I said, I was a veteran. And he looks over at me and goes, you were a veteran? You're a vet? Thanks for your service. So somehow, right? Oh, he got you into another box. (laughs) No, but but, but isn't that funny? Isn't that funny how that trumped? That Trump of the other, like, okay, it's okay now. Because, because that veteran thing is so powerful in his mind, that flag and everything else was so powerful that he forgot the other thing he was afraid of. And I just sat there for a second. I went, yes, I am. He said, thank you for service. I said, it was my pleasure. I always say that. And it was interesting how that must be another way that I can communicate with people. Look, I can serve and I can have children. I have two children, a boy and a girl, 27 and 22. You know, I have all these life experiences and I, and I'm homosexual and I've been married to a woman. I've been married to a man. Look, it's just life. It's just another human being who has aspirations and joys and fears and, 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 and can help you and give you the shirt off your back and blood when you need it and help you pack and help you move. We're just people. Exactly. We're just people. Exactly. 
we're just people. I love that as an ending because what we're doing with the with No More Boxes movement is really to bring light to how do we move ourselves and others from the boxes into the space that we call the human space. Yeah. Because we're all just people. Thank you, Todd. To our My audience pleasure. and our listeners, please go to our show notes to see everything, that you, how you can reach Todd, see his book, and um, get in touch with him. Yeah, Thank my you. pleasure. Thank you so much. It's been it's been great having this chat with you. Very comfortable. Thanks for creating this space. Thank you. Thank you. Was this podcast of value for you? I sure hope so. If so, feel free to share the love and give us your generous review on iTunes or Stitcher. And remember that you can always go to runamagnus.com to find out more about the change makers and how we can help you drive the change you want to see in your world.